Enter now the age of apocalypse, Shiga, with your hosts, Dayspring and Scott Free. The name's Cable. Remember it. And the only people who can stop apocalypse are the mutants known as Dayspring, Scott Free, and Michelle. This is Captain America, and we need to defeat apocalypse. What's up, Familia? Dayspring here with a review of Scarlet Witch, issue number one, by Steve Orlando and Sarah Pacelli, with cover art by Russell Dodderman. And, you know, I think a lot of us were nervous going into Scarlet Witch, issue one, mostly, mostly because Wanda has such a large and vocal fan base. I I am one of them. I have loved Wanda since the 80s and early 90s when I was reading West Coast Avengers and Force Works and the Vision Scarlet Witch series. So our, our, our bar for Wanda is really high, especially given all her hype in the MCU. And, you know, Marauders by Steve Orlando hasn't really landed well with a lot of readers out there. So that's all to say we were very nervous going into this first issue of Scarlet Witch. But I'm happy to report that this is a fantastic issue. It's a great kickoff to her series. There's a lot happening in here and there's a lot of setup which I'm super excited about. And that ending was absolutely mind-blowing. So, yeah, I'm saying mind-blowing because I am so excited to see where we're going to pick up with this and what could possibly happen. So let's dive into the issue for this very quick review. And I say quick review, but you know, what, what, this isn't going to be an hour long, but we're going to get into, into depth here. So we kick off the issue with Wanda fighting Dr. Hydro, which is such a deep cut. I mean, he's only appeared a handful of times and he was a villain typically assigned with Namor. But this is very true to Steve Orlando. Steve loves very deep, obscure characters. He loves bringing them back. So I thought that opening scene with Dr. Hydro, you know, his motivations to turn other people into like aquatic beings. That's why he he himself is this monstrous figure. So I really, I loved it. I thought, I thought him attacking a cruise ship that was out at the Pacific Ocean to see monsters was absolutely hysterical. I can totally see that happen. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I really responded well to this issue is this idea that the Marvel Universe, it's its own unique place. And something like taking a cruise to see a monster in the Pacific Ocean, you know, all these wealthy, affluent people just like, hey, we have nothing else to do. Let's go, you know, instead of whale watching, monster watching. And listen, I, I just did a cruise in in Alaska over the summer and we went whale watching. So the fact that the, MC, the Marvel Universe, I want to say the MCU, but the Marvel Universe has monster watching, it's just a very fine detail and and can only come from someone who has a deep appreciation and love for the Marvel universe and and, and that world building capability. So 
I really liked it. I, I I know I'm harping on this like really fine detail, but I thought I thought it was really nice. I didn't really like the line "We're bored and rich, and that's why we're doing this." You know, of of the passengers on the crew. I just felt like it was just a really flat line. I I don't think people have that self-awareness, but it felt more commentary than actual what a character would say. If that sort of makes sense. And 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 that is me nitpicking a nitpicking detail. <laughs> but you know, my cousin is on council at Royal Caribbean, which is a cruise line. And when when the monster was breaking that cruise line in half, I was just like, oh, my God. Because I know if, like, the captain misses, you know, porting by, like, a couple centimeters and scratches the ship, that's like a million dollars, you know, to, to fix. So, you know, the fact that a cruise is being cut in half, I'm like, oh, boy, that is, that's rough. I am curious what happened to the cruise afterwards. It looks like he tried to cut it in half and, oh, I'm seeing it now. Wanda repaired it. And I was going to be like, he cut it in half and dropped it in the ocean after the monster, you know, went to Monster Island. And it, Wanda repairs it. It's right there. It's very visible in the art. I just missed it on my on my first read. But, you know, I, I really, I loved it. I mean, she sends Dr. Hydro to the, the a, a reality, a hellish landscape that's conjured from the New Jersey DMV. <laughs> which, by the way, I, so I moved from New York specifically. I lived in Hoboken, which is right next to Jersey City and right across from, from the city on the Hudson. And I've been to the New Jersey DMV. I will tell you, it is not as bad as the Florida DMV, which is uh, where I live now in Florida. And it is impossible to even get an appointment there. <laughs> but Steve has origins, has ties to New Jersey. He's made some jokes on Twitter. And, you know, the 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 state of New Jersey's official Twitter has regrammed or regrammed, retweeted him and so forth. So he's saying this out of out of a place of love. You know what I mean? I, I just absolutely those first few pages I really, I truly just enjoyed so much. And I was sort of thrown off, you know, by the opening page because she's obviously assembling her shop, the you know, her her shop where she's gonna be uh working out of the Emporium, which I'm really excited for. So I was kind of shocked. I, I didn't quite understand. I guess there was a time jump. She was she was assembling the, the shop, and then it cuts to her in the Pacific Ocean fighting Dr. Hydro. And then we go back to the Emporium, and who, who who's working the front desk with her? It's Darcy Lewis, who looks just like Kat Dennings in her signature cap and glasses. I mean, she just looked, I mean, I, I knew exactly who it was the second I saw it. Now, Dr. Darcy Lewis is obviously a big figure in WandaVision. She was a supporting character in Thor. I never really stopped to think about if she had a comic book presence or if she was unique to the MCU. But it looks like she hasn't been in the comics before, and this is sort of her first appearance in the comics. I'm extremely happy to see her. And of course, you know, they're running the Emporium together. And I thought this was actually really clever. What I really liked about this is that the Emporium is like a place where people can go to find magical remedies. You know, if you need a book to help, you know, with whatever magical 
ailments are happening in your life, you can go to the Emporium, you can find solutions. Juan has installed something called the Red Door, and the Red Door allows for people who have absolutely no other way to solve their problems. They're desperate. They're at, their, they're at the end of their ropes. They can just come through this door, and Wanda will help them free of charge. They're like they're like contractors of magic. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And again, as I said earlier, Steve is the master of world building. I feel this is so Marvel Universe. He clearly loves the Marvel Universe very much. So who 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 should come visit the Emporium? And it's Quicksilver. And I just love the interaction between Wanda and Pietro here. You know, the first thing he says to her is just like such a... Such a like brotherly thing, you know. It's like you used to race behind me in like old times. And if you wanted to see how the other half lives, why didn't you just conjure a station wagon? And love that facetiousness that comes with your sibling. I do it with my brother all the time. We take jabs at each other. And Wanda's response is really organic. And she's like, that's my brother. Always good to see you. How's my niece? You know, asking about Luna. And again, I we've had Steve on the podcast before. I've spoken with him on DMs. He respects character history. He 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 likes to unearth obscure characters and bring them back. So I really truly appreciate him and 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 the writing here. I think it's really fun. But so we find out that there is um a situation in Italy because the last door, I'm sorry, I keep calling it the red door. The last door opens and there's someone called Jarnet whose town has been taken over by the corruptor and the corruptor, another obscure character who's kind of like purple man slash Kilgrave. If you watch Jessica Jones, he has a power to override people's will, you know, so he, he tells people what they have to do. And what's curious about Jarnette is that her wife, you know, is supporting the corruptor because the corruptor has taken over this town. He's mayor and the entire town is, you know, sort of enthralled by him and listening to what he's doing. And Jarnette isn't because she has this worry stone around her neck, which Wanda is like, oh, what is this? My magic kind of bends around it. It's like, you know oil and vinegar like my magic just doesn't get absorbed by it just like goes around it and she theorizes this is why jarnet hasn't been influenced by the the corruptor so that 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 already is really interesting obviously we know the stone is going to play a much larger role later on in the series because that's going to be the central mystery are there others like this what does this mean you know i didn't really understand why quicksilver had to polish the stone i don't i don't know what polishing the stone means and turning it into a talisman that sort of is stated here so some of you can slide into my dms if you know what that what what that means but speaking of quicksilver i love that he introduces himself as a god of speed and thief of gravity i just oh i love that so much the sarah pacelli art is absolutely beautiful all the action sequences once wanda arrives into that town italy how she sort of walks around like seeing her magic flow through the people and when that guy grabs her you know one of the townsmen grabs her arm and he's here like you're not from around here and like kind of lifts her arm up and wanda just looks so beautiful and wonderful you know i think 
her look here is very much inspired by the end of WandaVision when she finally embraces her Scarlet Witch identity, identity and she gets the crown and her hair is flowing and they walk back to the house. I really, I, I just, I love how everyone in this book looks. The one thing I will say, the corruptor looked like Pietro to me when I was sort of skimming initially. Um, through the pages, I kind of always do that. I kind of like flip through and see what's where, where's the story going to go. I've been reading comics since you know the '90s, so I can I feel like I can skim through a comic book really quickly and see if stuff goes down. So as I was skimming it really quickly, I was like, "Huh, I wonder if Pietro gets corrupted in this somehow." But no, obviously they're very different characters. It's just I think what what threw me off is obviously they both have whitish hair and the way Sarah Pacelli draws it, um, and and they, their their face strict uh, structure just looks sort of the 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 same. But you know I think Matthew Wilson and Elizabetta, who we had on Masters of Comic Books, by the way, and we interviewed her. I think the way the shading was around the side of the hair just made it look like Pietro, but. The Corruptor looks very menacing. I love that Wanda turns him into stone, and the only way it could be relieved is by the townspeople and, and how gracious they could be. You know, the the Corruptor has this, this wonderful moment with Wanda, and he says, um, and the best part, deep down, everyone wants to be told what to do, just like you, just like you want to remember and Wanda's like what what and he goes did I mumble woman remember and then you see flashes of House of M AVX the creation of her twins Avengers disassembled and for a second there you're like oh did he one up Wanda and nope he absolutely did not because Wanda quite easily defeats him by turning him into stone and says I won't forget I know who I am and it's not who you think. And I love that so much. I mean, obviously, that is a little nod to Wanda in WandaVision, where she's here like, I know exactly who I am, you know, when she's facing off of Agatha. So, you know, that was a nice little nod there with the Corruptor. But what what we're seeing here is we're moving past the Wanda from the last few years, who's, you know always in a state of guilt, right? Like in Uncanny Avengers, even, you know, in the Krakoan age, even young, young Avengers, Children's Crusade, Wanda has always been trying to make penance and be like, oh, I did wrong. I did wrong, all this stuff. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, this is why she's opening up the Emporium because she wants to really help people around her and, and sort of make amends for her past actions, right? She She says it right here. But Steve Orlando's approach to it is quite different. It's she has agency over her over her story here, right? It's not, oh, woe's me, I'm such a martyr, you know, I've tried so hard and I was a victim, of everything. And Wanda is fully owning her actions and she's moving past her past transgressions. And I really appreciate that. You know, we've talked about this endlessly with like Geeky JP and other people. Young Avengers Children's Crusade absolved Wanda of House of M, right? It, 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 it's fair. It was not as widely read. I don't know if Young Young Avengers Children's Crusade 
was as widely read as something as like AVX, for example. But in there, I mean, Wanda's actions are specifically, you know, uh, for for what happened at House of M, she is absolved of it, you know, and she wants to give the mutants more more mutants, right? And that's how Richter got his powers back. And then AVX, when she says no more Phoenix with hope, is meant to sort of absolve her from that story. So the fact that we keep going back to House of M, you know, we went back to House of M in Uncanny Avengers, especially when they met the, you know, the the time traveling yesterday's X-Men, you know, Jean looks into Wanda's mind and she goes, we were thriving, we were prosperous and, and the witch ruined it. So, you know, we obviously in 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 trial of magneto finally put an end to wanda having to make amends for house of m you know she she gave us the mutant cloud whatever it's called i I haven't reread trial of magneto because i didn't think it was particularly well written but we 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 have the mutant cloud now and every mutant that's ever existed is now up there and can be resurrected no one is lost in the in the Krakoan age. So now she is the redeemer. And we're pushing past that with Wanda. And I'm very, very happy with that. So, you know, she she comes back after saving that town. And we have very cute moments with Jarnett and Jarnett's wife. And she gives Wanda her stone because she's gonna look into it. She doesn't know what it means. And Darcy's like, okay, well, let's go out for dinner and drinks, which I'm like, girl, I love a good happy hour, right? So um, as they're about to leave, the the last door, I keep calling it the red door, but the last door opens and Vivian Vision is, is there. And Wanda's like, that you could say is my daughter. So boom, right there. We knew they were going to lean into the Tom King Vision series, right? I mean, how could you not? It's such a big part of Vision's uh, history, the family he created. It's a wonderful series, by the way. If you want to go go hit pause on this podcast and go check it out, it's very slice of life, slice of life, <laughs> slice of life everyday look at Vision, who's trying to have a normal family. And I, I won't give away too much, but obviously Wanda has connections in this story. There's a whole issue dedicated to her. And it's really, I I think, a really good read. And and during, uh, during WandaVision's promotion, Kevin Feige was like, oh, yes, WandaVision is sort of based off of that run. And it's like, no, it's not Kevin Feige. It's Vision and Scarlet Witch that the WandaVision is based off of. Vision is in of itself. I'm not saying there aren't elements like Sparky and, you know, Vision wearing a sweater that's not incorporated in there. I'm not saying that. But the actual story narrative is not the premise of WandaVision. <laughs> WandaVision is inspired by Vision and Scarlet Witch, both those volume one and volume two, those series. Volume one is four issues. Volume two is like a year in the life and it's 12 months. And that's where Wanda gives birth to the twins. So, you know, go check, go check all three <laughs> volumes out. So Vision by Tom King, Vision and Scarlet Witch Volume 1 and Vision and Scarlet Witch Volume 2. But yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see Wanda interacting there. Obviously, the setup is what is the stone. Wanda is curious that there's many out there. My curiosity is peaked. I thought the pacing for this issue was really well written. I thought the world building, as I've been ranting about, was excellent. And 
you know, we have Wanda interacting with her stepdaughter. You know, one of the things I would love to, and I'm just saying stepdaughter, I don't know what her official term is. And and let's see how Steve Orlando's uh, writing, you know, where it takes it and and what we see. Because, you know, like, I I believe, was it Nate and Cable were referred to as stepbrothers, right? So I'm curious what Steve's interpretation and direction for Wanda and Viv and what's that going to be. I believe Virginia was based off of, Virginia being Vision's wife in the series, is based off of Wanda in the same way that Wonder Man is, or Vision is based off of Wonder Man. So, you know, it's been a minute since I read those, so don't quote me 100% on that. But I'm pretty sure that's how it was. I don't think I ever got that impression when I was reading the series. I'm not saying it wasn't written, it wasn't stated there, but I certainly did not. Um, I, I did not pick that up. But I'm looking at her history here on the Marvel fandom Wikipedia, and he was Virginia was created by Vision in in the process to humanize himself. She was modeled using the brainwaves of Scarlet Witch, a copy of which were given to Vision years ago by Wanda herself as a gift. And that is revealed in Vision Volume 2, Issue 7. So, okay, maybe it's coming back to me a little bit. I don't don't remember. I haven't read the series in a while. I'm probably going to revisit it now that we have that ending. So, let, let, let's see where everything goes here. I think there's really good setup. One of the things I'm happy with is this. I think one of the things I wish Marvel would be doing is leaning into the House of M. I think we all want to see the House of M kind of have its own series in the way that we see the Summers family have its own drama and lore. I would love to see the House of M having that same presence in the books and people want it, you know, People really, truly want it. I We want to see Wanda and Pietro interacting. We want to see her with with Viv. And we want to see Tommy and, 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 and Pietro together. Show us these family dynamics. And Steve did write that Marvel Unlimited one-shot, who is the Scarlet Witch, and... They have a they have a moment there at the end where you see Polaris with Wanda, Pietro, and you know, Hulkling and Wiccan, and they're all at the dining room table, and Magneto's there cheering. So I, I want to see them react to Magneto's death in X-Men Red. One of the things that I thought Marvel did so poorly was during the Axis event when it was revealed that Wanda wasn't, you know, the daughter of Magneto, that the twins were not related to magneto biologically they just severed all ties from magneto and it's like no it doesn't matter if they're biologically related or not magneto is their father adopted or otherwise it doesn't matter and so one of the things i did appreciate for the hellfire gala and trial of magneto is that it reinstated that wanda and Magneto and Pietro, they are family. And that's that's all I want. I, I, I can care less if it's biological or whatever. I, I think as long as they acknowledge that they have familial ties, that's and, and they're a very messy, complicated family, I'm happy with that. I would like to see her be a mutant again. I want Pietro and Wanda to be mutants. I, I, I feel at this point, as time goes on, the older readers have sort of lost hope that could happen. Newer readers just really don't care. I know it's such a like finite detail, but I grew up with Wanda being a mutant. I love that aspect of the character. Again, I don't care if she is biologically Magneto's daughter, as long as it's 
written that they have familial ties, but with the X gene, I want her to have the X gene. <laughs> and I know we had Leah Williams on the podcast, and Leah Williams did say for trial of Magneto, she did inquire if she could do that. But, you know, these characters are now larger, are part of a larger IP. And, you know, these are billion dollar making characters. So I'm sure a lot of thought has to go into it. And maybe that's something that's going to happen in the Marvel Universe. You never know. I mean, maybe in the Marvel Universe, the MCU. See, now I'm like crossing everything. Maybe in the MCU, she's going to be a mutant and they want to bring that back into the comic books. And it's not going to happen now, but probably happen a couple of years from now. I don't know. But, you know, Wanda makes sense to me as a mutant. I'm surprised that she still hasn't been turned into a mutant, given how excited everyone is for the X-Men and the MCU and all the hype with the X-Men books. You know, I will say I feel Marvel is an opportunist when it comes to their IPs. But anyways, we know Polaris is coming in the series, so we can assume there's going to be a lot of focus on family, right? We have Pietro, we have the mention of Luna, we have Viv, and now we have Polaris coming. I'm looking forward to to this. I am really excited for the series. Again, the art is beautiful. The writing was solid. I went in guarded with very low expectations, and I'm happy to say that they exceeded my expectations. This is objectively a good read. I would recommend this read to anyone. I'm going to be tuning in monthly as this book unfolds. I hope... You know, we see this with these solos quite a bit. We saw it with the last, you know, Scarlet Witch solo and, and the one before that. They only last a few issues and then blink and they're gone. Hopefully they last a little longer. Hopefully this book lasts. But I think we're we're well past days where a solo series can go for like 70 issues, 75 issues, or, or over 100. I remember Cable and X-Fan, those series, they went on forever. Wolverine, these... These 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 series tend to be done after 12 issues. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And I I, I really wish we, we could be in this for the long term. But, you know, I'm fine. 12 issues of this. Let's see where it goes. Ah, okay. So, Familia, I want to know your thoughts. DM them at Power of X-Men. And we will be back. And we will chat more about Wanda. Bye.